0: But Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, let me read this first, uh, and then we'll get into this. I'll, I'll read it, and then I'll read it how I read it this week, is what stood out to me. Proverbs 1, 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Here's how I read it this week. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Notice what it says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And he goes right in, Solomon does this. But fools, what do they do? They despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. In fact, if you're taking notes, my title, you can change it there. My title is Is the Beginning is the beginning, the fear of the Lord. Well, of course, uh, the, the week that we're kicking off in Proverbs and reading Proverbs, uh, in fact, it's probably almost been a week and a half ago. A um, week and a half ago, I get a text at 9.51, I believe, in the morning. I'm at my desk, and it's my dentist letting me know that I just had my insurance approved, taking out my wisdom teeth. Could I come in this morning? Heck no. (laughs) Put that off as far as, yeah, I'm one of those ones that still has their wisdom. So I actually had one taken out a couple months ago, uh, but this one was kind of going to be a little bit bigger one. So I had called and I said, you know, you just can't come in today for a wisdom, you know, you just don't call somebody and scare them like that, you know, come in today for dental work. So set up an appointment, uh, and it was just last Tuesday. And so uh, I had gotten a call if I could come in earlier, which I was happy to do. And I thought, wait a minute here. Don't they put you under for that? Uh, not him. He, he likes to do it without putting you under, which I, I would rather do anyways, because I felt like if they put me under as I'm coming out, they're going to record stuff about it. They're going to ask me questions and things that I don't want to have happen. So uh, I'm laying in the dentist's office. And my dentist come in, he's kind of rushing around a little bit. His daughter goes to school with my son. And so he's just kind of like rushing. So I heard these clanking going on. I look over my left shoulder and here's what I see on the first picture. I see all of these instruments of evil behind my head there. Why do they need all of the scissors? Like what's he, oh, what is he going to cut? So he was kind of in a hurry and I said, is everything okay? He says, I, I've got to leave soon to Russia. I'm like, Russia? Yeah, I'm going to the World Cup. So he's in a hurry because he's got a flight. Okay, well, slow down, Turbo, right? This is uh, my mouth. Because I remember originally they wanted to do it on a Friday, and I said, well, I don't really want to be swolled up for church and that everybody think that E.T. was preaching You know that, that Sunday in service. So, um, so he numbs me, and uh, then he started picking a little bit. I'm like, I can feel that. So he numbed me a little bit more until like my eye socket and my flap of my eye were numb. And then honestly, it was like eight tugs with that clamp. And he popped that thing right out of my mouth. So here's my tooth. Um, That's the next one there. That's my wisdom tooth. So I probably do what everybody does is, you know, you kind of feel up in there. Well, that's like a hole all the way up there, and so he put gauze on there, and he came back, of he's, you know, he's trying to get out of the office to leave, he said, yeah, I don't even think you need stitches, and so off, you know, home, I went to, you know, he says, now, don't eat anything solid for the next couple days, uh, have yogurt, but uh, here I am, I don't have any swelling, uh, I have a little less wisdom, but that's why we have God's word, right? <laughs> So why I really needed wisdom also was this next picture. This is now my son that is now driving. (laughs) That's my truck. So I was taking him that night to go to his workout as he's driving my truck, right? (laughs) So, all right. So let's get back into Proverbs chapter 1, uh, verse 7. Really, the fear of the Lord is our topic this morning. And that's why proverbs 1 7 you'll read over 16 times in proverbs the fear of the lord over 16 times the fear of the lord i like when i is the beginning now not a fear of something dreadful but a fear of something holy a fear of something holy wonderful the fear of god From the beginning to the end of the Bible, we are told to fear the Lord. When the Bible asks us, do you want wisdom? Uh, The answer is always, then fear the Lord. Do you want long life? Then the answer is, fear the Lord. Do you want God's protection? Then the answer is, fear the Lord. Do you want God's blessing? Then the answer is always, fear the Lord. Do you want to know the love of God? Then the answer is, then fear the Lord. Do you want to bring honor to God and to Him? Then you fear the Lord. Parents, do you want your children safe as they drive your vehicle? Then you fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord, God said it. Moses said it. Solomon said it. Jesus said it, in fact, it's all throughout the Bible from beginning to the end, over and over and over again, is the need for us to fear the Lord. Now, many people think that the fear of the Lord is coming or living under a punishing master or somebody super legalistic. In fact, I wrote it this way, fearing God and loving God go hand in hand. Fearing God and loving God go hand in hand. And I was thinking, when is the last time you heard a sermon on the fear of God? In fact, if I put that in a subject line, my message this Sunday will be on the fear of God, yeah, I think we have something going on early for Father's Day. We typically, when we hear the fear of God, really probably don't have an understanding of what living in the fear of God is. We've heard messages, though, over and over, and I've taught them, too, on the love of God. But but if you listen to this, you'll never appreciate the love of God if you don't live in the fear of God. So Proverbs 1.7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So I thought I'd try to write the best definition that I could of what Again, a Bible definition of the fear of the Lord would be, it's not associated with terror. I've had people walk in church and they say, you know, I'm here today, but you know, lightning's probably going to strike because I came into church. That's not the fear of the Lord, right? There's probably going to be an earthquake after service today because I finally came out. That's, that's not living in the fear of the Lord. Um, it's not associated with terror or a kind of fear which makes a person run and hide. Remember Adam and Eve? Adam and Eve, when they sinned, didn't run to God, which that's what he wanted. They ran away from God. Living in the fear of God means that you run to God. The fear of the Lord is a holy reverence for God. Living in absolute awe of Him and who He is. His holiness. And it's a desire that as we live, we live to please Him. We are in awe of his holiness, we are in awe of his power, his purity, his righteousness, his justice. And then here's what we're going to see in the Bible, and his glory of who he is. You know, when we read in the Bible, we read in Genesis and in Exodus, um, that in Genesis we read that Jacob wrestled with God and saw him face to face. We also read... Uh, in Exodus that Moses saw God face to face. But if you read your Bible, it says, "No man has seen God. Well, wait a minute here, Genesis and Exodus say face to face. But here's what they didn't see. They didn't see God in all of His glory. Because the Bible lets us know this. In fact, Exodus 33:20, he says, "You cannot see my face. No man shall see me and live." No man shall see my full glory and live. John wrote about that in John chapter 1, verse 18. He said that, almost those exact words. Nobody has seen God at any time. Now, if you go to Isaiah, Isaiah 6, you can look it up later. Isaiah has a vision and he sees the throne room of God and he sees God and the train of his robe fills that whole throne room but here's what he says when he sees the train of the robe he says my mouth is unclean the moment he has a vision about god he thinks to his own self he says my lips are unclean my lips are unclean well that's the holiness or the power of god you know when you read some of these verses in the old testament i want to read just a couple and then get back into this when you read about the holiness of god and the love of god yet you read a verse like this, Genesis chapter 6, verse 6. This is right before uh, the flood with Noah. And you read these words about our Heavenly Father, and it says, And the Lord was sorry that He made man. He was sorry that He made man on the earth, and He was grieved in His heart. I doubt though a a child has probably heard some of those words, but probably didn't mean it as God said it. God was grieved in his heart that he had made man. There was no fear of the Lord. In fact, when I looked up in the Hebrew, the word grieved is to be in pain or to be tortured or to hurt. God hurt because people were doing whatever they wanted to do. Yet we read later in Exodus chapter 32, verse 14, when... um, Moses is on the hill with God and he's presented with the Ten Commandments. And he's probably hoping that the people are down just worshipping or doing what they do. But you know, you read the Bible, they're building the golden calf and they're worshipping before it. And the calf's what brought them out of Egypt. And yet God is so mad, in fact his wrath is burning so hot, that he tells Moses, he says, you know what, I'm going to start, let paraphrase, we're going to start over. I'm going to burn them all, and I'm going to start over with you. And yet, Moses reminds him of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In fact, it says in Exodus 32, 14, so the Lord relented from the harm which what he would do to his people. The Hebrew is an interesting picture. It meant he breathed heavily and relented heavily or was sorry or had compassion that he would not do what he needed to do because of his covenant with people. You know, and it's the same today. People are living their life however they want to live without any fear of the Lord. But as we're going to find in wisdom, wisdom is found, and its beginning is when we live in that fear, that awe, that awesomeness of God. You know, when the Jewish scribes, when you read usually in the New Testament, The word scribe is used a lot. The scribes would translate, uh, or they would take the Bible on um, the skins and they would rewrite it on other skins. But many times if you read how they did it, it's pretty uh, amazing. They would visualize every word out of the scripture as they wrote it. They would visualize it. When it came to the word uh, Jehovah, or as we read Yahweh, they would wipe their pen and they would wash their entire bodies every time that that word was written because of the fear that they had for God and for his word. In fact, God set this up early on and I, and I love how he does this in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 18 through 20. Now remember, Deuteronomy is in the first five books of the Bible. A king had not been chosen for Israel until First Samuel with Saul. But listen to Deuteronomy, what's already laid out for eventually a king. It says this, and it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom that he, this is talking about the king, shall write for himself a copy of the law in a book from one before the priests and the Levites. And it shall be with him and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God. Now, I wrote that down. I need to learn. I need to be taught. I need to be that good student of his word. Learn to fear of the Lord his God. And to be careful to observe all the words of this law and the statutes, that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, and that he may prolong his days in the kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Now remember, this is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is saying, all right, or he's saying when there's a king chosen, here's one of his assignments. He's going to have to write out the entire Bible himself and keep it with him all of the days. And when he does this, it's going to prolong his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. So God knew that the people of Israel would eventually demand for themselves a king. You know what they said? We want to be like all the other nations. We want to be led. And I, and I love what Samuel said. Oh, you want to be led? Okay, well, here's what happens when you get a king. They take your sons and daughters as servants... They build their own military with your sons and daughters. They take your land. They take your vineyards. They take your crops. They take your money. They take, 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 take. Is that what you want? Yeah, sign us up. Crazy, right? So, but God knew in advance that Israel would demand for themselves a king. So far in advance, he planned a spiritual discipline for those leaders. And they were to be devoted to him by writing his words uh, and devoted by serving his people. He mandated that every king handwrite his own copy of the law and keep it with him at all times and read it his entire life. This would be for them to learn the fear of the Lord. They would follow the words of the Bible. It would keep them humble. And they, as they followed God's command, he would prolong their kingdom and their children. That's what every king was concerned about. They want to keep their kingdom going. They want protection for their kids. So here's the wisdom of Solomon to us today. Right? We're going to learn the fear of the Lord. And I want to read several of these to you. I'm going to put them up on the screen. Proverbs 8.13 The fear of the Lord is to hate evil pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth i hate. So he says fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 9:10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy one is understanding. Here we have again, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We want wisdom? We want God's wisdom, we walk in the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 10, 27, The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. The fear of the Lord prolongs days. Proverbs fourteen twenty six: In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence. I love that one. There is strong confidence in the fear of the Lord and the children will have a place of refuge. When you fear the Lord, you have a strong confidence about you because you're trusting in Him. Proverbs fourteen twenty seven: The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Well, we've been talking about hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Here we're told that the fear of God is like a fountain of life. It allows us to turn or teaches us how to turn away from the snares of death. Pro, you, got, you want some more? I got more. All right, Proverbs 15, 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Isn't that good? Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. The fear, of Proverbs nineteen twenty three. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. Evil. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Proverbs 22, 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor in life. You know, this is something that, as it's written down with Solomon, we saw and we talked about last week, he did not ask for all of the things that normally kings would ask for. He asked for wisdom. But in that wisdom allowed him to have all of the things that God had blessed him with. But it's by humility and the fear of the Lord that those things came to pass. Last proverb, Proverbs 23, 17. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. That's a good word. Do not let your heart envy sinners, Sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. Thursday night, we were with a couple pastors having dinner, and uh, they brought their one son son along. He used to work for a very exclusive resort. Had moved up into management, and so uh, he was talking about some of the stories of being a bellman. And I asked him quick, I said, So tell me, who was the worst customer you ever had? And he fired this name off. If I said this name, every one of you would know this name. He fired this name off. I said, "Well well, why were they? I'll keep it that way. Why were they so bad? He said, uh, "I was the one that escorted them to their room and they told me, "Do not put my luggage on the ground. You carry it the entire way. So he's telling us, he's carrying this huge bag, another bag, and he could not put it on the ground. He had to open the door to the room and carry it all the way into where they wanted it placed, and then he was able to place it down, and the person wouldn't even look at him. No tip, no nothing, and walked out. The second one, he said, the demands that they would have. He said, you know, they demanded that every room that they had, that the windows be blacked out, that nobody could see them at any time, and that the restaurants and the spas opened at midnight, so that they didn't have to be around the regular people. He said there was a security guard. He said it looked like a Navy SEAL stationed right out in front of the door. And I mean, he was going. The stories went on, and they had to transport him in the middle of night. And these, you know, he's telling all these stories. We we're just cracking up. And I said, well, who tipped the best? Like who was the best? T-? He says the people that you didn't even know who they were. They're just the regular person. You know, you read this right. Don't let your heart envy. So many today, especially our young people, they envy that fame. Uh, be zealous for the fear of the Lord. we tell you another story? No, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to move on, all right? <laughs> so living in the fear of the Lord is like to be like Moses. When there's a burning bush and you're on holy ground, you hit your knees and you take your sandals off. The fear of the Lord hit the woman at the well. even when Jesus told her everything that she had ever done that's the exact testimony that she told the people her testimony to everybody in the village the Samaritans was come here a man that told me everything I ever did well normally we wouldn't want that said but what was she doing she was walking and operating in the fear of the Lord when I choose to live in the fear of the Lord I've chosen to love what he loves and to hate the things that he hates. Wisdom through the fear of the Lord is that I obey him. I want to look at a couple other verses. Jesus mentioned this in Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse 28. He says this, and don't fear those that can kill your body. Don't fear them. Fear, right? He says, don't fear those who can kill the body. But cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Notice who he's telling you to live and to please. You're not pleasing uh, mankind, you're pleasing God. I love this verse. Acts 9:31, because we usually don't read this many times in the book of Acts about the growth of the early church. Listen to what it says. Then the churches throughout all Galilee, or Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Well, usually you'd think, uh, in listening to Peter's exposition of the scriptures, they multiplied. No, what, would, what happened in this particular situation? Walking in the fear of the Lord And in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Now, if you read later, if you read uh, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes is an interesting book that God wanted in our Bibles because it's written by Solomon. Yet we could say uh, that Solomon wrote it because he was backslidden, but you couldn't have been backslidden back then because he had not accepted Jesus as a Savior. His heart had turned. Uh, We'll get into that in several weeks. His heart had turned. He started marrying all of these different ladies from different nations and worshiping their gods. But still in our Bibles is this book of Ecclesiastes where he says vanity of vanities. But he says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Remember, the wisest one that ever lived. Nobody before him, nobody after him, except for Jesus. He says these words. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Notice what it ends with. For this is man's all. Wow. Tell your neighbor, wow. After looking at his entire life, everything that had gone well, everything that had gone south, He throws in this verse, the conclusion of the whole matter is this. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. Now let me read this description again. This fear we're talking about is not associated with terror or the kind of fear which makes a person run and hide to God. The fear of the Lord is a holy fear reverence for God, living in absolute awe of him and his holiness and a desire that as I live, I please him. We're in awe of his holiness, his purity, his power, his righteousness, his justice, and his glory. And Solomon says, this is man's all. Here's how I want to close today. If you can, I want to encourage you, if you would, as our worship team is going to slip up too, would you just slip down in your chairs on your knees? If you can't get on your knees, you just stay seated right there. I want us to end with, as they do this short chorus, us individually coming before the Lord in a posture, as probably Moses did, as many in the Bible probably did, taking that time of bowing a knee in honor before the Lord. That before we close this out, that we come before Him. This is our all. This is our all. Let me pray, and then our our group will lead here in just a minute. So Father, we come today. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Lord, many times we so want wisdom we so want that insight for the decisions and the things facing us but the fear of the lord is the beginning so father we pause for for just a few minutes today individually coming before you to recognize your awe your power your purity your holiness Lord, I pray that we're like Isaiah, that we would say, oh, my lips are unclean. But as we come before you, we learn, you teach us, it's our all to fear you. So we're going to take just a couple moments here. Would you come and this is your time with your heavenly father today in reverence and honor to him.
1: to shout your name, oh Lord. there's no one, there is no one like our God. we will praise you, praise you, there's no one like our we will sing, we will sing, there is no one like our God. we will praise you, praise you. There's no one like a God, we will sing, we will sing. There's no one like a God, we will praise you, praise you.
0: Let's all stand together. There's no one
1: like a God, we will sing, oh. The Lord of all the earth, we shout your name, shout your name. Filling of the skies with endless praise Yahweh, Yahweh We love to shout your name, oh Lord You're the Lord, you're the Lord of all Lord of all the earth We shout your name, shout your name Filling of the skies Endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh, we love to shout your name, oh Lord. One more time through. You're the Lord of all, Lord of all the earth. We shout your name, shout your name, filling all the skies with endless praise. Yahweh, Yahweh we love the shout your name oh Lord Yahweh 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 we love the shout your name oh Lord Yahweh 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 we love to shout your name oh Lord
2: I don't know if you're aware, but a couple weeks back, a royal wedding took place across the pond. Did anybody stay up and watch it like I did? So nobody else had a party like I did. We had a party, a royal wedding party. Hats, scones, the whole nines. Do you realize when you marry into royalty, there is a set of rules that get followed you just don't get to marry the prince and live happily ever after and there's no rules attached you become a part of a kingdom that requires a lifestyle that you walk in i think one of those rules um i think it's already been broken too but one of those rules is for the princess, she cannot wear anything that shows her shoulders, so on and so forth. You're a part of a kingdom that has guidelines, I don't even wanna say rules, a lifestyle that not only benefits you But it begins with the fear of the Lord because you are married to the groom, the king. He calls you his bride. You are the bride of Christ. And in that kingdom, when you married in, a royal wedding took place and you agreed to a lifestyle of walking in the fear of the Lord. And when we walk in the fear of the Lord, it opens up a life that you could never have imagined. When that royal wedding took place a few weeks ago, it opened up her life to a life she never was accustomed to. When you said, I do, when you asked him to be your Lord and savior, you opened up your life to a life that you had never been accustomed to before. And I can assure you, if you stay on this path, you will live a life that is far better than you could have ever, ever dreamed up. And you know where it begins? After the I do walking in the fear of the Lord amen he has so much in store for you the fear of the Lord is just the beginning just the beginning well when we sang a song earlier um, during praise and worship there was a line in one of the songs that says um, it was talking